And God's word is so very, very clear when it calls us to love. And it doesn't just leave us there. It tells us how we are to express love, how we are to be loving. I love this chapter in 1 Corinthians. It's sometimes called the love chapter. But it gives us such clear direction on how God wants us to love. I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians 13 and I'm just going to read verses 4 and 5 for us this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4 and 5 says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. That's hard. But that's how God commands us to love. That's what love looks like. God is love. He's the creator of love. He's the source of love. He's the giver of love. This is the foundation by which we must build our lives on. This is the foundation by which, listen, we must build our ministry on. The foundation that we build our daily activities, how, how we live out our lives, our lifestyle. The foundation is love. We know this because Jesus told us Love matters most. He said it's the most important thing. We are told in 1 Corinthians 13 that, that the kingdom of God is made up really of these three things. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. These three will last forever. And the greatest of these is love. We, we have a purpose. Love God and love others. That should be the characteristic of our life. That should be what people think about as they watch us live life out. Love God. Love others. Love is a choice. Love is something we do. It's an action. We like to think of it as an emotion. And there is certainly an aspect of love that is emotional. But ultimately, love is a choice that we make and something that we do. We're different, you and me. We are children of God. We are His hands and feet here in Avalon Park in 32828 especially. But in this city and in this state and in this great country that we live in and to the world. We're different, you and me. We're God's children. And we are to 
express his love and show his love and be his hands and feet where he has placed us. Our purpose is to love God and to love others. There are no accidents in God's economy. There's no chance, no coincidence in God's kingdom, in God's economy, in God's involvement in our life. There is only His sovereignty and His providence. What that means is, He actually is involved in our lives to the extent that He orchestrates events in our lives. Nothing surprises Him. Who we interact with, and where we go, and what we watch, and what we see. Nothing surprises Him. He orchestrates events in our lives so that we might fulfill our purpose that He has given us. To love Him and to love others. He wants to use us. And our M.O. is love. We have established that Love is a skill that we can learn. We can learn it to the point where it becomes our lifestyle. It becomes a habit for us. But if you're like me, especially over these last five weeks, you are learning that this can be extremely difficult. It's hard to love. I think maybe... It's because it's our human nature to want our own way. Wanting our own way is the opposite of love that has application in everyday life and in your marriage and in your home and in your parenting and in your dealing and interaction with brothers and sisters in Christ, and your interaction with those who do not know Jesus. It's a difficult calling. It's a difficult command. It's a difficult purpose. We, we come to church to be reminded of our mission, to be encouraged, to be equipped to get filled up, to go out again into the world, into where God has placed us so that we might fulfill our mission. Over these past few weeks, we have looked at some very practical ways that we can express love to God and to others. We've talked about things like accepting other people the way God accepts us and valuing other people the way God values us and believing in them we've talked about expressing love with our communication our our words and what we say and we've talked about using honest words careful words and building words we've been doing this now for over a month, and I look out at you, and I want you to know you look far more loving than you did five weeks ago. 
we are working on getting a doctorate in love. We're working on earning a black belt in love. We're working on becoming world-class lovers. I believe that what the Bible teaches is that our lives are learning how to love. God has us here to teach us how to love. One of the ways that God teaches us how to love is to test our love. So, every day, every day, we encounter people who do not love. We encounter people who that's not an intentionality in their lives. That's not something that they strive for. It's not something that they're about. We encounter people on a daily basis who demand their own way, which is the opposite of love. After all, isn't that the message that we receive? You better watch out for number one. Nobody else is going to. You better take care of yourself. Spend your life reaching for all the gusto that you can. All of that has to do with me and my way and what I want and satisfying me and finding contentment for me. But Jesus in His upside-down way says you want contentment? Serve. You want to be great? Serve. You want to experience love? Then love. We encounter those who this message is foreign to them. Every day, we encounter people who do not love. And the question becomes, how do we respond in those situations? With love. We love the unlovely. We love what some would call the unlovable. We love those who don't love us. We love like Jesus loved. We love others. Today, we look at a a list of four kinds of people who are extremely difficult to love. We encounter them all the time. They're difficult people. They're demanding people. Destructive. Disappointing people. And here's the four. Rude people. People who demand their own way. Irritating people. And people who are unforgiving. And our response to that is to love. And there are, there are four marks, and this isn't an exhaustive list. It's not a complete list. But this four, these four things are, are pretty encompassing. And you can relate to them. And we respond with love, and there are four kind of marks of love that we look at. 
Here's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13. It says this, plain as day, with great clarity, no question about it, love is not rude. Love's not rude. And so when we encounter others who are rude, we must not respond rudely. Why? Because our command is to love God and to love others. And so we can't respond to rudeness with rudeness. Think of all of the ways that we encounter rudeness today. Think of them. Cell phones. I bet every one of you could stand and tell a story about that rude person on their cell phone. Or when they took a call. Or speaking during your, your conversation with them. Or, or have you ever seen somebody speaking on their cell phone while they're checking out at the grocery store? I think about that checker. And how that must make them feel. You know, they've got to feel like I have no value to this person. I'm not important to this person. We could talk about rudeness in checkout lines. People jumping in front. Have you ever been behind somebody at a 7-Eleven? All you want to do is pay for your coffee and they're rubbing off their lottery tickets to see if they won. They're standing in, you know, and it's just, it's just rude. And, and what's our, 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 our inclination? How do we want to respond to that? Are you like me? You want to just bop them upside the head? You want to yell at them? You want to tell them they're rude? I, I, I don't have the, the guts to do that. I know some of you do. But how do you respond? What about driving? This is one of my great weaknesses. I get mad at people who do to me what I do to them. And when I do it to them, I don't understand why they get mad. It's okay for me to cut you off, but don't you cut me off. We could talk all morning about how rude people can be when we're out in our cars and driving. You know, you know what? Even at church. We see a lot of rudeness at church. And how do we respond to that? Here with our own brothers and sisters in Christ. This coming week in your life groups, maybe you can take a few minutes and discuss your favorite rude things. I think it would be helpful to remind ourselves of what we're encountering on an everyday basis. But our purpose is to love others. And we are told clearly in Scripture that love is not rude. And so when others are rude, I must not respond rudely. I read this this past week in my studies. Someone once said, rudeness is a weak man's imitation of strength. Consider that. Rudeness is a weak man's imitation of strength. Because it's not easy 
to respond with love. It is our human nature to respond with rudeness. But we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. And so we must not respond from our human nature, but from our spiritual nature. What God calls us to, we have determined, we have established, we have agreed. We can't do what He calls us to in our own strength. We must walk with Him. We must experience His love. We must allow Him to control our lives. So instead of being rude back, we wait. We listen. We smile. We speak softly. We offer some act of kindness. That usually has a way of kind of stopping people in their tracks. It makes them wonder, what kind of person is this? Love does not demand its own way. There's another area. This is rampant. If, if we could learn not to demand our own way. I, I haven't done any scientific studies or anything, but, but let me suggest this. It, if we were a people who did not demand our own way, the divorce rate would drop to below 5%. If in marriages we did not demand our own way, the divorce rate would drop to below 5%. Again, that's just my opinion. That's not a scientific study. But I ask you to consider that. I bet if we taught our children not to demand their own way, it's not all about you. It's not all about what you want. You can't just demand your own way. It's not about number one. I bet our crime rate would drop. This one area, demanding our own way. The Bible says this with clarity. Love does not demand its own way. And we are called to love like that. Philippians chapter 2 says it so good. This is about... Giving up my rights. That's what that's about. It says this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-7. through seven, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to its own advantage. Not for His own rights. Did Jesus have rights? Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He has every right. He has all rights. And yet He sets aside His rights. He doesn't demand His own way. Rather, He made Himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. We live in a time where everyone is demanding their rights. I have rights. We hear it all of the time. 
There are demonstrations about people's rights. How do we treat people who serve us? How do we treat people who serve us? Waiters and flight attendants, mailmen, employees, law enforcement. The list goes on and on and on. I want to suggest that that in those situations that it is a wonderful and perfect opportunity to show love to others, to show respect to others, to be courteous to others, take time to notice others, speak to them, thank them, encourage them. Consider how they might respond to that. A scratching of the head and thinking, what kind of person is this? That is not the norm in their experience. In people demanding their own rights and our response being one of understanding and not demanding ourselves, I don't want you to think that I'm trying to get you to let people run all over you or manipulate you. I don't think that's what Jesus did, though many tried. But it's this, it's this tenderness, it's this understanding. Someone said it's being tender without surrender. What it is is love in action. It's a choice that is made. And it is something that we do. Love is not irritable. So, I must be gentle, not judgmental. I think that this is a real important point for us today. In our interaction and dealing with others, we're so quick to judge people. The problem with that is that we judge with having, without having all of the information. We don't know what these people are dealing with. We, we don't know what their circumstances are. We, we don't know what difficulties they're facing at, at home or, or maybe what difficulties they're facing physically or relationally or financially. When someone's rude, when someone demands their own way, when someone irritates you, I wonder what might be going on in their life. And I, and I wonder why we're so quick to be judgmental of them when we really don't understand what's going on in their lives. I bet if we knew, oftentimes we would find ourselves being compassionate toward them, patient toward them, kind toward them, gentle toward them. We might even take the time to encourage them in their their place of need, in that situation that they're going through. Love in action is not being judgmental. It's being gentle and understanding. And then dealing with those people who refuse to forgive They want to hold against you anything, any way that you've harmed them or wronged them. But the Bible says that love keeps no records of wrong. What do you want to do when someone wants to dredge up the past and remind you of some way that you've hurt them? It is our human nature to respond by reminding them how they hurt us. We see this in Marriages, 
We see this in parenting. We see this in co-workers at the office. We see this in neighbors. Just about anybody that we interact with, we can think of an experience where this might be the case. I think this one might be the toughest of them all. Learning to forgive. Love keeps no record of being wrong, so I must repeat it. So I must not repeat it. Rather, I must delete it. I must forget it. I must move on with my life. Every area of our life, this has application. Our life groups this coming week, this is where you're going to spend the majority of your time talking about forgiveness. And you'll delve into it in a a very deep way. It'll be a, a very valuable, valuable Bible study for you. I'll mention just a couple of things really about how we tend to repeat these things. The first way that we repeat it is, is that we, we go over it over and over and over in our minds. Someone's wrong to me. How do I respond? I want to delete it and not repeat it, but sometimes I find myself repeating it because I won't let go of it. It's right here and I think about it. All the time, I think about it over and over and over. I I don't want to let go. And we end up, when we do that, causing ourselves a lot of pain. Hurting ourselves. Second, we repeat it in our fights, as I've already mentioned, in our relationships. We drudge up the past. You did this. You did that. And we repeat it when we're wronged. We repeat it sometimes by telling other people about it talking about it, recruiting people to our side. We'll tell anyone who will listen. All three of these ways of repeating being wronged are self-defeating. Don't repeat. Don't don't repeat, but delete. It's in the past. Let it go. Look, those four areas, you deal with them all the time. I studied this. I prepare a message, a way to challenge you, a way to encourage you. And, and I'll be honest with you, I think to myself, you know, really, what is this? Is this a sermon? Is this a Bible study? Or is this some Dale Carnegie course where we're trying to learn how to win friends and influence people? But what brings me back to the place of this, of how important this is in our lives today and how applicable it is is that this it's in the bible (laughs) it's what we're commanded to do love god and love others well how do i do that lord well love is patient and kind it's not jealous it's not boastful it's not prideful it's not rude love doesn't demand its own way love is not irritating. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Oh, well that's hard. I can't do that on my own. God gives us the strength to fulfill the purpose that He has called us to. To fulfill the mission that He has given us. I think, folks, this is especially This is especially important for us here at Avalon Church. 
I think it's especially important for us. Because of how God has positioned us as a church here in this community. Because of where He has placed us. There are no accidents in God's economy. No chance, no coincidence. He has called us here. He has called us to demonstrate His love. Express His love. In this neat little community that we live in, whether you're right here in Avalon Park or you're in the communities down Avalon Park Boulevard or maybe in Waterford or Stony Brook or Eastwood or any of those communities around here, Bithlow, the reality is is that, that we see the same people over and over and over again. We... We see them at the grocery store and we see them at the bank and we see them at the gas pump and we see them when we're in the car line at school and we see them when we're out on the athletic fields. We see them at civic meetings and homeowner meetings and we see them at karate class and on and on and on. We tend to see the same people over and over and over again and maybe we don't know their name, but we know who they are. And maybe they don't know your name, but they know who you are. I bet a lot of them even know where you go to church. When people are rude, demanding, and irritating, and won't forgive, I want to suggest to you this. Most often, maybe without exception, but certainly most often, it's a sign that something's going on in their life. That maybe there's some pain there. Maybe they're hurting. Maybe they're wounded. Probably they're in need of ministry. Probably they're in need of love. Just someone who will listen. Someone who will care. Someone who will help. That's why God has placed us here. When we respond to rudeness with rudeness, listen, this is why this is so important. This is why this isn't just a pep talk on being nice. When we return rudeness with rudeness, we forfeit our opportunity to have ministry in that person's life. And if they know where you go to church, we probably forfeit the opportunity to have ministry in their life of anybody who goes to this church. No wonder God says, love's not rude. Doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritating keeps no record of wrongs that's love love remember this statement and then we're going to close love is giving others what they need the most when they deserve it the least that's love Can I suggest to you this? That's ministry. That's caring. That's getting involved. 
that sharing. You're going to have an opportunity on this day. You're going to have multiple opportunities this week to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be the heart of Jesus, to love like Jesus loves, to have ministry in people's lives. There are no accidents. There are no coincidences. There are no chances. Just a provident and a sovereign God who wants to use you in an incredible way. And He will bring into your life and He will bring into your path and He will allow you interaction with people who desperately need ministry in their lives. And you know what? Here's how you'll know. They'll be rude to you. They'll demand their own way. They will irritate you. They will accuse you. And you know, God is orchestrating an opportunity for me to express His love to other people. God has given me an opportunity to minister. God wants to use me. That's why He placed me here. That's why He placed us here. Can you see how that's important to us? I'm telling you, I struggled with this. I talked to Pastor Jim about it on Tuesday. I told the staff on Tuesday, I don't even want to preach this because it's just, it seems so, so, um, hey folks, we need to be nice. You know? It seems like a Dale Carnegie course to me. You need to be nice to other people. You need to be, but, but look, God says to us, there's nothing more important than this. There's nothing more important to this than this. Love God, love others. That's it. That's why we're here. We're here to learn how to love. He's got us on earth so that we can learn how to love. He wants to involve us in other people's lives through love, through compassion, through caring. We don't have the strength to do it. We have to surrender ourselves to Him. We have to allow Him to control our lives. We have to be intentional. We have to start the day by saying, God, I know You want to use me today. Help me to be sensitive to You today. Help me to love other people today. Help me to not respond to rudeness with rudeness. I don't want to be irritating people. I just want to love people. I want, I want, to, I want to suggest to you, I want to ask you, don't you think that would be different? Don't you think people would have to say, that's different? Do you think it would be magnetic? Do you think people would be drawn to that? The reality is this. We have a community that's full of people who desperately need our ministry in their lives. We have a community full of people who desperately need Jesus. They need Jesus. And I bet they would be willing to allow you to tell them about Jesus. If you didn't respond to their rudeness with rudeness. If you didn't demand your own way. If you weren't irritating back when they were irritating to you. I bet they would. I bet a bunch of them would. So God has called us to impact this community for His sake, for His name, for His kingdom. That's what He's called us to do. How are we going to do that? We're going to love them. One person at a time. We're going to love them. Well, Dale, I don't feel like loving them. Love's a choice. Love's an action. It doesn't have anything to do with how you feel. 
I'm choosing to love. Will you take that challenge? Do you, do you agree with me? You can just nod your head. Do you agree with me that today you'll have an opportunity to practice what God has taught you? Today. And then again and again and again throughout this week. What kind of difference can we make in this community by loving God and loving others? Let me invite you to stand. Everybody standing. We need His help, right? Can't do it on our own. We want to live by human nature instead of our spiritual nature. So we ask Him, to help us empty ourselves of us and to fill ourselves with Him. We ask Him to empower us. We ask Him to give us sensitivity to opportunities that He has orchestrated for us in advance. We ask Him to give us boldness to love others the way He loves them. And so Lord Jesus, during this time of meditation, this time of commitment, this time of decision, this time of promise and vows to you, I pray that you would make your will perfectly clear to each of us as you have in your word. Jesus, you said, this is what matters most, love God and love others. You said, the two most important things of all are that we love God and love others. And that's our calling. It's a purpose. It's why we're here. We desperately need you. We ask that you would do a work in our lives. As our team leads us, what you do with what God has spoken to you will be determined by how you use these next couple of minutes. Maybe in these past three or four weeks, you've made commitments just like this. But you've found that you haven't been able to follow through with them. I want to encourage you this morning. Don't quit. Tell him again, God, I want you to use me this week. I'm going to be intentional about loving. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to care. I'm going to share. I'm going to be your hands and feet. Tell him again. Make the commitment again. Start over. He'll give you a reset button. He'll let you do that. He'll want to use you. You haven't been disqualified. We can still do this. We can still reach this community for Christ. What will you do with these next couple of minutes? As God asks you, what will you do? What will you do? Team, lead us, if you would.